1: Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I am E.J. Kissel, joined as always by six-year NFL veteran, former K-State All-American and Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints, Mr. Nick Leckie. Nick, how goes it, my friend?
2: It goes it. It goes it. Life on the road for me tonight. So I'm in Springfield, Illinois. I think one of the homes of the Simpsons, right? They try to keep that a mystery. So that's where I'm at right now.
1: I believe that is correct, and for those not watching on YouTube, you unfortunately don't get to see when Nick is on the road. We get a different display of the hotel art, so we always try to figure out what hotel chain he is staying in based on the art in the background, but um, as a uh, proud member of KC Sports Network, the fact that he takes his podcasting get up on the road so we can bring this sweet, sweet podcasting uh, to your ears. um, This is why we do it. We do it for you guys.
2: I have thoughts and I need to get them out right here. This is, this
1: is my, my platform
2: to do that at for the chiefs.
1: And thanks to our good friends at Jack Stack Barbecue. We continue to be able to do that here three years later after in the trenches to now outside the trenches. And it doesn't matter if you're inside or outside Kansas City, Jack Stack Barbecue can take care of you. They've got seven locations now in the Kansas City area, including the new one off 87th Street on the Kansas side up in Lenexa. And if you don't live in the Kansas City area, don't worry about it. JackStackBBQ.com. They ship all over the country. And Nick's favorite, that Crown Prime Beef Rib, is worth it you order it it is absolutely unbelievable but if you listen to the show there's a good chance you already know that so Nick before we break down a little Chiefs Titans on Sunday and I'm really excited for this matchup a lot more excited than I thought I was going to be and maybe it's because of the way the Washington game went down you know a bad first half less kind of a bad taste in your mouth and it didn't matter how well they played in the second half you're just still kind of angry that's kind of the consensus that I've I've heard from people but before we break that all down what are you you know most looking forward to on the weekend overall like what's your what's been your victory of the week what are you looking forward to this weekend Uh, my victory of the
2: week was definitely acquiring uh, some old Dutch ketchup chips over eBay Uh (laughs) uh-huh You know, I think it's that time of year where I was able to, to get those, and I really like that. Uh, and then what I'm looking forward to is uh, just looking forward to see if this offense can continue can to do what they do uh, and, and how they sort of finished up the game uh, versus Washington. And I'm hoping that's sort of like foreshadowing this season for the Chiefs where the first half started out crappy and the second half they're going to finish strong and, uh, you know, gear into playoffs, you know, make a strong December, early
1: January run. See, I think that's the million dollar question is what's the body of work that we should all look at to see like, what should you believe about this chiefs team? Is it this particular team, this six game clip with this particular roster? Or do you go back to last year and saying, you know what? I know they'd struggled for the first five and a half weeks defensively, but I really believe that that second half against Washington, they woke up and they're more of the defense that we saw and not that they've been a top five defense, but they were you know they could get a couple. They could get those three stops that a Chiefs defense needs to get to get the offense enough possession, extra possessions to score more points than the other team. But I think that's that million dollar question. So uh, it'll lead right into this. The front of the queue, our first topic here. I want to throw to you. What is what is the number one storyline? What do you want to discuss about this matchup on Sunday? Just I I just love how how this this team is addicted to to the, those you know
2: quick hitter. Sort of explosive plays where you know you get one play and it goes 60, 70 yards. And if you look at how how to me, and this is what I wanted the Chiefs to see, sort of, I think as an offense, you have to adapt to to what's being shown to you on the field, and and how teams have, you know, I'm using air quotes here, figured out the Chiefs and you know what, what they say on national coverage, which is I think is a bunch of bullshit. Is um you look look at the last three drives that counter for the Chiefs in the second half, 10 plays. 68 yards, four minutes, 20 seconds, eight plays, 45, three minutes, three and a half. And then the the last one that that counted, the last drive for the Chiefs actually counted, not the you know, turn rundowns. 15 plays, 96 yards, seven minutes, 18 seconds. And and that that to me is one of those things where it's like, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that was our big cedar drive, uh, big cedar golf best drive of the game in our post game show, Nick. <laughs> that, that was it. It's great to see that.
2: Uh, yeah, it was a great drive.
1: Yeah, it was great to see the offensive line. They I think they converted like six third downs on that drive, and you saw a little bit of everything. And I wanted to ask you, just kind of piggybacking that, what have you seen from the offensive line? Like to put a fifteen play drive together. Uh, you had mentioned before, you know, early in the season, you know, you could bring in a lot of new guys, a lot of new faces, young guys who haven't played next to one another. It's one thing to, to practice. Another thing to to get those reps, especially passing guys off and the stunts and the communication and up all that up front. And then just, you know, working together in the run game. What have you seen from that group up front and that 15 play drive? Is, is that, you know, the Chiefs offense efficiently running as best it possibly can?
2: It is. It really is. And, and to me, the main thing is, is how it was finished with a, with a handoff, with an inside handoff for, for a touchdown, saying we're going to go straight at you. We're not using oration and we're just going to score. We're just going to score the, the natural way. And I thought that was really cool to see that. And there's really – there's still figuring out a lot of what this offensive line can do and, and really what this offensive line is built for. And it wasn't built for last year's Chiefs. Right. You kind of have to like kind of yeah. reconfigure your style and say, OK, um, here's what these guys ran last year, you know, in Baltimore, uh, in New England, uh, maybe in Oklahoma. And it's just you got to figure that out and see what they do, because, you know, there's somebody said about playing next to someone on the offensive line where you get comfortable with them. You know what they can do. And it's the same thing for the coaches, you know, for for Andy Hecht and Andy Reid. It's like, what can they do? You know, what are they about? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And I thought this was great, and and for them to put that sort of drive on film will strike fear into the hearts of defenses coming up.
1: Yeah, it for Patrick Mahomes to spread the ball around. I know, talk about the running game, everything to spread the ball around the way that they did. And they got Byron Pringle involved in some high leverage situations. McCall Hardman got some targets, got that big catch down on third and seven down the right sideline, which was great to see that development from him in something that wasn't necessarily a packaged play, something behind a lot of scrimmage, but get the ball down the field. Tim D Rob made plays. It was just great to see, those pieces those other guys who might not get the same targets that Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill get that we talk about all the time that them having huge seasons and being exactly what they need to be are making those two or three plays per game when their name is called Um, and that's that's really tough for anybody to get going these guys want targets they want to get going you might only get two or three shots it was great to see those guys step up and make those plays because for this offense to be at its very, very best, those guys need to make those kinds of plays. Just make a solid play when your name is called. So the other thing... That and, it, and you're right, too, and... Yeah, go ahead, Nick. I know we're having some internet issues with the the hotel Wi-Fi, but Nick, I, I want to talk about Derrick Henry and what the Chiefs are going to have to do because I, I feel like we're having deja vu coming off of a performance. Derrick Henry, 23 carries, 188 yards, a couple of touchdowns. This is back in 2019. That was the regular season game where Derrick Henry just absolutely demolished the Chiefs statistically at the end. Now, there were some big plays in there, but yeah. looking at the playoff game going into that, that was we can't, the chiefs can't stop Derrick Henry. They can't stop Derrick Henry. That's all the players were told all week is that you're not going to be able to start the top. Derrick Henry finished the game, 19 carries 69 yards, averaged 3.6 yards per carry, which again, going back to that regular season matchup 8.2 yards per carry. So it's like, I know it's a different defense. It was a couple of years ago, but it's just you put so much into not being able to stop one guy. Is like they might stop Derrick Henry. Now I have no idea what that means for the seams across the middle with two big-bodied receivers like AJ Brown and Julio, J- physical guys across the middle. But I have this hard time believing that they can't sell out and stop the run because these storylines that we're hearing this week and nationally now about what Derrick Henry is going to do and all this I feel like we've heard it before. Yeah, and I think it's going to be up to the defensive
2: line. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where I think Tennessee's got a fantastic offensive line, and they got some guys who will get after you. And I think it'll be up to the defensive line to to. It's basic, and it sounds basic, but you know, football is a basic sport. Is that you're going to have to get off blocks. You know, you cannot let yourself get blocked down the middle. And if anything, you know, you got to stop Derrick Henry at that line of scrimmage, and then that way your linebackers will have an easier time. Uh, tackling him because if you let let Derrick Henry get a full head of steam, man, watch out. Nobody yeah. wants any part of that.
1: I remember them talking about trying to get his feet to stop at the line of scrimmage. Just get him to hesitate, slow down a little bit, so he doesn't have a full head of steam getting to the second level or even getting through that defensive line and kind of sorting through the trash uh, on the offensive side. Uh, because to your point like if you're not off blocks if you're like waiting to shrug and like try to tackle him and go a shoulder like half body him like you're gonna bounce off like a pinball like you can't do that to that dude um but you know what's the message i know you were on the offensive side when you're running back like this uh how do you what do you defensively what's your messaging you know what's steve spagnolo telling those guys and the defensive linemen the linebackers about like how do you try to slow this di- this guy down? What mentally can you do going into this to try to make it sm-
2: old school team defense, run fits? Um, you know, play with your fundamentals. Uh, s- you know, trust the assignment. Trust the play. Uh, I would even like them to see what the Falcons used to do back in the day with their their D line and just all do stunt, d- do slant and angle games where you have you know yeah. predetermined everyone's going to going to slant to the left, slant to the right. Yeah and definitely right. not a week for arm tackling because you will your arm tackle get ripped out of socket
1: yeah this is the talk about like business decisions and all those things like you can't be like you know waning or there's no half measures going in to make a tackle on this dude you're going to end up to be on a highlight <laughs> no. reel for the rest of your life um i i swear to you Forever. i'll never i'll never forget there was a play on the sideline of that playoff game uh where i was standing down there and derrick henry can't there's a couple obviously a few years ago when I was the sideline reporter for the radio network, Derek Henry came over and Tyron Matthew came over and tackled him. And I swear to you, I looked at Tyron and I've never had so much respect for somebody just being like, how does that little dude just take down that monster by himself? Like it was like a solo. It was just like a normal time. It wasn't a big hit, but like Derrick Henry stands up and you're just like, how in the world can anybody <laughs> bring you down, let alone that little crazy dude that's back there just shaking his head and pointing at his helmet? Like that guy is that's a different level. That's yeah, that's
2: the next level. That that's earning your paycheck that week if if you got him solo on the on the sideline to making a one-on-one tackle. You're earning your paycheck. Cause Micah Hyde earned his paycheck last week. He got he got ran over him. He stopped him. Um he wasn't proud of it, but but he stopped him, you know. And whether you, yeah. it's ugly or pretty, you know, a stop is a stop.
1: And I'm going to say that before we move on to the blind nil, uh, and Tucker not joining, we gave Tucker the night off. He's out celebrating, uh, having a special night with him and his girlfriend uh, having their anniversary. So I will get to blind nil here in a second. But um, you, when you played, Nick, was there ever any, like the Derek, I am say of your year, cause I don't want to date you like that, but like, who was the guy when you were playing? It doesn't have to be a running back, but who was just the guy physically that was just like, that guy's on a different planet as far as just who they are and how they are as an athlete. Cause I put like Derek Henry, Tyreek Hill in a different way. It's just like, just freak athlete, different level of everything. Who was it when you were around? Did you ever play with anybody that you just looked at? You're like, holy cow, you are an alien.
2: Um, Stephen Jackson was up there. Hmm. He was a man, you know, as a running back, you know, he was, he was, you know, Derek, I mean, a little bit, mini, mini Derek Henry, but he's a big back ran hard. Um, I'd say, and then first guys that played with, um, uh, Carl Nix was our left guard hmm. in New Orleans. And the things he's do to people was just dumb and just like, you know, working out in the weight room with him. And then I'd stop maybe at like five wheels aside, And he put on like six wheels for like reps on squats. And he's like six, seven 340 And that's a lot, you know, cause there's big levers on your, on your femur. So Carl Nix was like that guy where I was like, Oh my God, that dude. Yeah. And then Kevin Williams uh, D tackle was a guy who you're like, damn, that dude is special. Very, very special guy, but not like, honestly, I don't think like Derrick Henry though. I don't, I mean, Derrick Henry's up there with Bo Jackson. To mm. to me, as far as like you know, like style, like like you know, run through you uh, and feared uh, a feared guy who's not afraid of anything and just is quiet, goes about his business.
1: Yeah, when if he gets a full head of steam, like if he gets uh. through the first, and second level of the defense, and he's running full steam, I don't want Tyron to try to tackle him like that. That's not a business decision. That's a medical just decision. Go. <laughs> like just go. You need a clavicle to play. Like you can't lose yes and you need score chest as well yes um all right let's move on to blind nil and anyone who's listened to the show and doesn't know what it is or hasn't listened to this show uh nick and i each have a segment uh, that we do not know what each other are bringing we'll discuss it for the next few minutes it'll be a little bit shorter of a show than usual uh nick i'm gonna go first because we haven't announced this yet um but On the college side of our network here at KC Sports Network, Uh, we are going to be doing some fun activations, tailgate shows. We're going to go out on the road and, and be with the people. And the first tailgate show we are doing is in Manhattan. Actually, next weekend, October 29th and 30th, we are going to have a live show Friday night at Rockin' K's Bar and Grill across the street from the football stadium. There, we've got a couple of case current K State athletes that are going to be hanging out with John Kurtz and Bethany Bowman. We'll be hosting this live show that you can find on the YouTube channel here at KC Sports Network and on Twitter and all these places. Uh, Saturday night, eight to nine o'clock, or excuse me, Friday night, eight to nine o'clock, we'll have that live show. Again, uh, Aaliyah Carter, volleyball player, uh, Dylan Phillips, current baseball player, and Coach Pete Hughes, the current baseball coach at K-State, entering his third year. All of them are going to join, again, John Kurtz and Bethany Bowman there in Manhattan on Friday night. And Saturday, we are doing a live tailgate show with Aaron Lockett, John Kurtz, and guess who's going to be stopping by, everybody? this beautiful face that I've gotten to stare at every week that we've recorded a podcast. Mr. Nick Lecky, is going to stop by and join us along with some other current and former K-State athletes. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that was all to tell you, Nick, that my blind nil is what's the best road trip that you've ever taken. Because in addition to the one in Manhattan, and I'll give you some time. KC sports. Network. we're also doing an activation up in Columbia for a Mizzou football game coming up here pretty soon. And then as the border war college basketball podcast that we have with Jeff Hawkins, former KU point guard, Jared Sutton, former Mizzou guard, they will be activating in Lawrence, um, around particular basketball games. So we've got a lot of fun stuff and there's some other trips that we may be taking soon. So we're going to get out and about with the people uh, we've been planning these for a while now and it's going to be fun to get out there and, and see the people, Nick. So I've given you plenty of time to think about what your best road trip is. What do you got?
2: Uh, is this for like work, like, like a football road trip, or is this like a pleasure, pleasure road trip?
1: Whatever, whatever popped in your head first.
2: Uh, I would definitely say the best road trip ever was uh senior year of high school was, uh, New Year's Eve, 2000. So we road trip from Grapevine, Texas to uh, Seadrift, Texas, which is a crappy little shrimping uh, village uh, on the coast of Texas. And my buddy's dad had a hunting lodge, which is essentially a room, like a big room, like a big size of your living room on stilts with a wraparound porch. Uh, we had saved uh, coins in one of those like big, big Pepsi coin bank. And we ended up <laughs> getting like 400 bucks. And we had my buddy's dad buys beer and vodka and uh, we went out and just we, we bring in the New Year's, you know, for a couple of days and just uh, had some some good times and uh, we're out in the middle of nowhere, you know, because yeah. you know, I, I knew nothing was going to happen with Y2K, but it was just fun to be out there in the middle of nowhere on the on the coast, uh, hanging out on a fire, just hanging out with your buddies, just chilling, you know, shooting guns, riding four wheelers.
1: It was fun. That's that's cool. One of uh, my favorite road trip is kind of similar in that, you know, it it was, I went from Kansas city. It's a different one. Cause I drove from Kansas city and I went to visit a buddy who uh, was living, his best man at my wedding. Uh, his name's Tommy Bryant, owns a fielder's choice baseball Academy down there in Wichita. But I went down to visit Tommy cause he was playing uh, uh, independent ball for the Shreveport sports was the team. They're actually in the same league as what used to be the T bones. Now the Kansas city Monarchs, they were in that American association league and he was playing. So I just, one summer drove down there to spend a few days with him before I was moving to Arizona. And so I drove by myself with everything that I owned. I was going to basically move to Arizona. I said, you know what? I'm going to drive through Shreveport on my way. So by myself just got in <laughs> the car. The way. moving to Arizona. So I drove down to Shreveport, hung out with my buddy for a few days, uh, just stayed on his couch. And then I drove to Arizona, like all the stuff that I owned, just kind of like out on the road. And it was really just like cool time. Like, I was by myself; wasn't with my buddies, but it was just cool to be out on the road. Just like I'm moving out west, and like that was what I was saying. It's like I'm getting out of Kansas City, I'm getting out of Manhattan, and that's when I moved out of Manhattan. I'd lived there for like six years or whatever. Uh, it was really, really cool. But I got thinking road trips because we're planning these to Manhattan and Columbia and and Lawrence, and then we've got a couple other ones that uh, we're not quite ready to announce yet. But a lot of cool stuff. So if you are a fan of any of those schools, make sure you've subscribed to those audio channels. You can find them by searching KCSN colon and like KU athletics, K state athletics, Mizzou athletics. That's where you can find all of our college shows. But again, Nick will be joining us next weekend. Uh, there in Manhattan Saturday afternoon. That show will be like 1230 to two o'clock. Um, you can find it as well on our YouTube, our Facebook, our Twitch, um, all the places that you consume our content. You will be able to find it. Nick, that was my blind nil. What do you have?
2: All right, I'll I'll have my I'll give you my, my Chiefs one first, and I'll do my random one second. Um, but my blind nail is with this stretch, and then uh, how they played versus Washington, and then you know maybe Green Bay coming up, and then maybe Cowboys both at home. Did the Chiefs come out of this stretch stronger, or do they come out of this bloodied and exposed?
1: I'm generally an optimist if to shock nobody who's <laughs> listening to the show. I think they're gonna come out ahead. And I think you can make this case every year regarding injuries. And I know Anthony Hitchens being hurt is not good for you know any reason because Anthony Hitchens is a great player. He's a starter for a reason. But I think getting Nick Bolton and Willie Gay reps next to each other, two young linebackers, they have to learn to communicate. To one another I think that will ultimately serve this team well if Anthony Hitchens comes back and plays at some point later in the season when it counts the communication the comfortability is going to be better because these young players got a shot to play in games that mattered early in the season and whether it's prime time just high every game the Chiefs play it's gonna to rookies it, there's gonna be that feel of people are coming after us you know what I mean like we're gonna take everyone's best shot and I'm guessing because I obviously couldn't know i defer to you nick because you've played but even though it's a regular season game i've got to think that the leverage and the feel of a chiefs game against you know even the titans on sunday at noon is a different vibe than the jets and the giants like the same week at noon you know what i mean like a rookie player like it's still higher leverage like more pressure um you know, kind of happening. So I think it's going to be a good thing to get those young guys, some reps and we have some injuries and guys are um, playing next to each other. Um, getting rep Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. I think all this is really, really good. And I think on the defensive side, I think this matchup actually plays well into uh, at least from a run defense standpoint, like Nick Bolton, he's good coming downhill. Like he's going to hit you. He's great in run defense. Uh, he's physical in that way. And, Derrick Henry is going to challenge that. So I think that that is definitely something to watch. Uh, but, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I like what you said about that, about, you know, guys getting a chance to step up. And I think that's the one thing I was watching this game and I was watching sort of, I feel like Mike Dan, kind of took a little step forward last week mm-hmm. and Pretty I just played, yeah. played really well, played really solid and, you know, getting aggressive. So I think it's something that young guys need to step up on this defense you know, to, really, to really do that. So I, I do. I'm with you. I'm an optimist as well. I yeah. thought they did come out of this better. Um, and then also, the best thing about this stretch is this offense needed to get humbled. I, I really do think yeah. that there was a feeling of, of invulnerability, and then they, they thought that they had the, were the sweetest thing on earth and that they could just roll their hats out there and they'd win. And um, it's not like that. You know, they've had to, they've had to adjust, you know, they've been punched in the mouth a lot.
1: And I want to ask you because it's not this like big conscious decision. I don't think to go from being like locked in. It's not just like this. Oh, they're just ho humming through meetings. They're not really paying attention. There's just that level of, of, of operating at like a 9.8 to like a 10, and i think that's the difference and that's that margin of error we talk about of being like a really good team to being like a phenomenally great team and that maybe the offense i think i stole your analogy once when i said like maybe the chiefs offense just got a little civilized kind of like with the mma <laughs> fighters like they lose that desire you win the super bowl like what was it about their mental like the mistakes that they were making and just kind of the the lack of urgency uh, whatever it was, it, however you want to describe it, we could all kind of see like, hey, they're we're better than this. And they're not playing at a great level. There's turnovers all over the place. At some point, there's something that's got to got to switch. And for me, it's I don't think that that ability and that that turning it on means going from like they're not paying attention to meetings to all of a sudden like everybody's really <laughs> attentive. I just it's a, it's a it's like a subconscious buy-in from everyone. Does that make sense at all? Am I barking up the right tree with you? Like, do you understand what I mean?
2: Yeah. It, yeah. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a work week thing. It's just, it's just like on the field, like things you expect things to happen. And when they don't happen, it it can be frustrating. And I think, you know, they were trying to force the issue about as far as, you know, let's make these big plays, let's do all this stuff. And it's like, no, let's switch up our gears. Right. And like yeah. l- let's not try to eat this dinosaur in one bite. You know, let's take a lot of little bites to get it done. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Enjoy that dinosaur. exactly. All right. Yeah. Did you have another blind no?
2: I did, but you know I'm I'm not gonna do the random one. I'm, I'm gonna keep it. Um, I'm gonna keep it football related, which is weird, right?
1: Um, You're calling it record... audible at the last minute.
2: Well, that's what I had. I was thinking about calling audible back to like a road trip. Because I was thinking about you know your favorite road trip snacks or music. You know that one song you yeah. like. Uh, but I kind of like the uh, the fact that and this this people might say this is blasphemous the way the Chiefs have been playing and all the other better teams in the AFC. You know, quote unquote. Um, Dallas versus Kansas City or Green Bay versus Kansas City, will either of those be a potential Super Bowl matchup?
1: No. I don't think – I think it's going to be the Bucks or the Rams. Like, I don't I, – I'm not a big you Dak person. I, I think Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford, I said before the season, like, that's a problem. Like, I think Sean McVay is very creative, and I think that Matthew Stafford was going to be able to pull, execute at a higher level the – the abilities that Sean McVay has rather than Jared golf. Um, I thought he would bring that out. And then I'm not betting against Tom Brady. <laughs> like I'm just not. <laughs> so like, I, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I, I have a standing bet. I don't think Dak Prescott will win the NFC ever in his career. Uh, I have a standing bet. I, yeah, I, wow. I, I feel how I feel. And you I don't believe Dallas is back, huh? I think he's a great quarterback. I don't <laughs> think awesome. they're. I don't think I, I they're do. going to beat either of those teams.
2: No, and it's funny too because I, I don't. I don't trust uh, Stafford and McVeigh. Like I, the the Rams to me, None. it's like I don't. Not nah, that I mean, they, you know, they just to me they don't look like that offense where it's like like I just think people haven't figured out people haven't seen enough film on Staffy to see what he's about. And once they figure, it, once they see that, they're like, okay, we got this. And then to me, I think people slept on Tom Brady last year, and they're not going to do that this year. So they're going to they're going to bring it this time. He's not going to like an underdog washed out bum. Um, and to me, I think Dak's hungry, and I think Aaron Rodgers stays hungry. Yeah, and they got killer yeah. defenses.
1: <laughs> kill they're all defenses. freaking good. I mean, don't okay, get everything doesn't have to be everything. One guy's great doesn't mean it's because you don't like him as a Super Bowl champion doesn't mean he's terrible. But uh, I've always had that kind of I, I respect <laughs> the hell out of Dak and all that. I, that's my one like hot take. But I got, I guess uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up this final episode or this, no, I'm
2: episode. excited to just to see this. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see the, the chiefs defense, it, it'll sound basic as hell, but I really, I'm curious to see what Spags has in store for, for Derek Henry. You know, you got to respect Tannehill just a little bit, but at the same time, like, I mean, Derek Henry is a freak. And, and if he, if you let him grind you, he will grind you into a fine dust. On his yep. way to scoring.
1: I I'm worried about how open the middle of the field is gonna be when I don't care how middle how open the middle of the field is gonna be. If we sell out to stop Derrick Henry, if the linebackers are caught cheating up, like you you live you figure out what you're what you're okay with getting beat by. And I don't think you could be okay by not selling out to try to stop Derrick Henry. And I'm excited to see um, you know, large cornerbacks, like we've talked about it before our cornerbacks will come up and hit you like Rashad Fenton. uh, I know Traveris out Mike Hughes, like these you can't play cornerback for the chiefs and not be physical in the run game. And it's going to be challenged to those DBs trying to make tackles on that guy. And so uh, that's what I'm most looking forward to And that's all anyone's talked about all week. So that is not a unique take there, but we do appreciate everybody for listening. And hopefully we see going back to the first point we made, Second half of the Washington game, Patrick Mahomes, 19 of 24 for 175 yards and three touchdowns. Chiefs defense only gave up 76 total yards in the second half of that game. So uh, we're going to see if these guys are ready to go. Uh, we know the Titans are They're coming off that big time win where they're feeling really good about themselves playing at home. They feel like they're turning it around. Mike Vrabel is going to want to do everything he can uh, to beat the Chiefs. So uh, it should be a good one. Uh, We will have everything for you after the game, and Kent and I will give you that halftime update like we have been doing, but you can catch us on the KCSN Live post-game show afterwards. Appreciate all you for listening to this episode. Nick, you take us home with your final words.